What's going on, everybody? Fifth Year Beers is back today, episode three. On today's show, so much, the cornucopia of sports, as we like to call it, NBA Finals in full effect, MLB playoffs, the NFL season in full swing, all that and more, and a very special guest hopping on the program, Harry Mays, formerly of the Tony Bruno Show, now with the Swing It and Ding It podcast. That, more, a golf pick, Masters, just a few weeks away. It's all coming together, baby. Let's go. Fifth Year Beers, Episode 3. Let's ride. And we are back on episode three of Fifth Year Beers. This week we go one and one, and it was a tough one and one because Moonlocks had the Falcons minus three and a half, and they play Falcon football. They blow a lead late. What a shock! I don't know. We're not surprised. Are you surprised? Probably not. Moon, what are your thoughts, man? That's just depressing. A bad beat right there. All right, man. So I gave out uh, Atlanta Falcons minus three last week, and with six minutes and twenty three seconds, they blow a twenty six to ten lead. And there's two things that I see in this game. The Falcons, classic Falcons, fourth quarter, have a huge lead, can't close out. Nope, 30 to 26. Another thing we saw was Nick Foles coming in for Mitch Trubisky. They made the call. And listen, I'm a big Nick Foles guy. He almost retired. He went to the Eagles. He won us a Super Bowl. He then got the contract of a lifetime. He got paid millions of millions of dollars. He went to the Bears as a backup. Then, obviously, he did not expect to play yesterday. We all saw his tin advisor. That guy was a guy that put a tin advisor on so he could take naps on the bench. And Matt Nagy went up to him and said, hey, you know what? Mitch isn't doing the job. Nick, grab your piece, put both your helmets on, and you got to come and and save this game for us. And what does he do? He goes, coach, I got this. Takes his visor off, comes out, down 26-10. Scores 20 unanswered, wins the game. If Nick Foles is the starting quarterback moving forward for the Chicago Bears, they have a really good season ahead of them. Yeah, he definitely is going to be. Matt Nagy announced that already. Nick Foles is the starter. Big piece, Nick. He's going to come out, and he's going to have the Bears ready to play. Hopefully poised to make a one. They make a run. They are 3-0. They're tops in the NFC North. So that team looks good with Nick Foles as their new starting quarterback. Again, a bad beat for the Atlanta Falcons, losing 30-26, to holding a 16-point lead late. Just a shame. Dan Quinn, bro, get it together, man. It's embarrassing at this point. All right, but that wasn't all bad because I did give you a winner. Pay him. Pay that man his money. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Tom, the boys roll through the Denver Broncos in mile high. Tom with three tutties. Easy money. Bruce Arians' offense looks good. The Tampa Bay Bucks look like the team that we all saw on paper in the offseason. Obviously, they have the weapons for Nett, Rojo, Ronald Jones, running the football well for them. And then the Broncos really never had a shot in this football game. Jeff Driscoll started the game for the Broncos. Brett Rippon replaced them in the fourth quarter, both of them throwing picks. So that was easy money. Bucks win 28-10. And I look to stay hot this week, all right? So that's two back-to-back winners. I give you the Packers in week two. Now the Bucks in week three. In week four, I'm going down to them boys in Dallas. Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to play some football. The Cowboys are going to cover four and a half this week against the Cleveland Browns by doing these two things. Dak is going to throw all over that Browns defense like we saw Joe Burrow do a couple weeks ago on primetime Thursday night football. 
Right now, the Dallas Cowboys are on pace to have three 1,000-yard wide receivers in Lamb, Gallup, and of course Amari Cooper. Zeke's going to get back on track. I think the Browns got a cookie this week in beating the Washington football team for their first win. They're not really a contender. I think Baker and them, you know, Everson Griffin, all the other Dallas defenders, they get after the quarterback this week. I like this one to be a little high scoring, but I think it's going to be pretty lopsided. So the Cowboys win easy. Four and a half is the number. They cover it. Moon, your lock of the week. Yeah, couch guy. I like, uh, I mean, I've been looking at the entire slate for this this upcoming week. And there's just one game that really stands out to me. It's the Buffalo Bills versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Minus three Bills. I like the Raiders. We'll go with the underdog. This is why. The Buffalo Bills just came off of a three-game winning streak. An excellent third game against the Rams. They have momentum going. But they're walking into the Las Vegas Raiders death star. So back in the in the a home debut against the Saints, they absolutely put on a, a clinic for them. And going back to the the Death Star, it feels like they have home field advantage, even though we've talked about how there is no home field advantage with crowds. But for some reason, this new stadium this adds it's gotta add some type of, of, of juice to these guys. And, yeah. and and right now, it just feels like coming off a loss, I don't see John Gruden going into this practice lightly. I think he, he he lays it down on the guys. He re he readjusts, resets, and the Bills got lucky this last week. They come out and they show the Bills what Las Vegas football is. Yeah, they're gonna come out and they're gonna play Las Vegas Raider football. John Gruden has them pumped up. They have that Vegas swag. I like that pick a lock too. When we come back, very special guest joining our program, Harry Mays, formerly of the Tony Bruno show. Worked with him a lot. It was great. Really enjoyed talking with him, setting this whole thing up. We're going to get his thoughts on not only the NBA Finals, the NFL season, Eagles' embarrassing tie to the Cincinnati Bengals, all that and more coming right back on Fifth Year Beers, Episode 3. Stick around. And we are back on episode three of Fifth Year Beers. Joining us now, the great Harry Mays. Harry, man, good to talk to you. I know it's been a couple weeks, but I mean, look at all these sports going by and the seasons that we started talking about in the summer now are looking to conclude with the NBA. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Lightning bringing home the Stanley Cup last night in the NHL. So much going on, but we'll keep it on the gridiron briefly to start here. What did you think? Who surprised you in week three? who really came up short. And I know it's the local team around here getting a lot of flack, both the quarterback and the head coach and Wentz and Doug Peterson. Uh, I guess we can start there. What did you think of the Eagles' performance on Sunday against the lowly Bengals? Well, Connell and Aaron, it's great to be with you guys on fifth-year beers. And before we get into the football, I got to say, I'm wondering where the name of this podcast came from because my college years, I was basically on seventh-year beers. So <laughs> just to get that in, Okay. I'm assuming it was like your fifth year in college and you're still drinking beers every day. Is well, that right? 
it's it's pretty yes exactly as as self-explanatory as you can imagine but yeah so when we when we brought this idea for the podcast and Aaron could speak a little bit to it as well but we we got this idea we're like you know what man we're two post-grad kids who still talk sports college sports all that good stuff on a daily basis we still have the Miller lights and Keystone in the fridge when we need them we're going out like we're still in college but we got to wake up every morning and go to nine to five jobs and, and figure our lives out. So we're right. having our fifth year beer. We're having our, our victory lap as you should, should, uh, could say, I guess, but we're not still in school. We did. We're in the post-grad depression right now. I'm sure you had it. It's very, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think, I think I'm still in it actually. At the <laughs> age five. Can you actually come out of the post-grad depression? Cause again, I, I think I'm, I'm going to be in it for quite some time, especially now that we're still in Rona depression. I'm getting, yeah. I, I need like Zoloft or something. I, I gotta yeah. get, gotta get medicated. Well, first of all, I never got into Corona depression, but we don't have enough time on the show to discuss why that is. Yes. Uh, that's a whole different animal altogether. Uh, yeah. We want to keep this to sports. And I know you guys, you know, you're talking to NFL. I mean, the, the Eagles are, it might be the most disappointing team in the NFL right now uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, you know, as much as I'm impressed with Joe Burrow, I mean, you got to beat the Bengals. You, you have to beat the Bengals. You have to beat the Redskins. Yep. You know, those, are, those were two easy wins. And I know, uh, you know, you talk to NFL people that say there's no easy wins in the NFL. Bullshit. You should beat the Redskins or the team from Washington, and you should beat the Bengals uh, two out of the first three games. Bottom line, there's no excuse for not getting two W's out of that. There's a lot of people who are in the crosshairs here, one being obviously the quarterback. He's not played well. Now, there's a lot of things going against him, but he needs to rise above that. I mean, he's, his receiving core is – average at best and then the half of them don't even show up to play because they get hurt during the game or they're hurt before the game Jalen Ragor's thumb had better be like broken in half for him not to get on the field are you kidding me with that and Deshaun Jackson always has some sort of soft tissue injury at his age uh you know we've seen the best of him and that was in that game his last game against the uh the skins last year where he had the two touchdowns I think it's all downhill from here for him. Uh, so he's dealing with half a deck of cards, but still his accuracy issues are, are a plenty. And if you, you go and, you know, and break down film, you know, with the, with the guys that do, and I watch a lot of this stuff, he's missing open guys. So he's at fault. The coach is at fault. Uh, the defense is not good against the pad. This, this Nate Gary, Jerry guy, Nate Gary out of Nebraska, he stinks. Yeah, they have no linebackers. Their secondary is still in flux. The front four, when they get pressure, is great, but uh, you know they got a bunch of sacks last week, and it, and it still didn't matter. They they you know they're they're just not a good team. They make penalties at the wrong time. They had a couple of key penalties on offense in that in the final uh, two drives uh, on Sunday that killed them. Um, you know, so they're doing things that bad teams do, and right now they're a bad team. And, I, you know, now they enter this week against the Niners as, what, like a seven-point underdog? Yeah, they're seven-point um, dogs on the road. I, and I already saw our boy PGF, Philly Godfather, saying, take the number, take the Eagles at seven. I would stay away from that. I mean, I love PGF, and it, it might be the value side. But to me right now, the Eagles are a stay away uh, as far as gambling goes. But uh, thank God they're in the NFC East. I mean, that, that division is just god-awful. Uh, we all know it, although I think Dallas gets a big win this week, and I, that's one of my plays this week against Cleveland. But 
the division stinks, so they'll still be in it. And, you know, I know we have a scare down in Tennessee, you know, with this COVID stuff and, you know, they're well quarantine guys, but the NFL is going to move on and they're going to march forward like they always do through everything. Yeah, I, I, I foresee that as well. I, I don't think Roger Goodell, you know, I mean, with the dollar figures, that obviously with, that the league brings in on a weekly basis, there's no way that this uh, locomotive is going to slow down anytime soon. No, plus these guys are fine. They're asymptomatic. They're fine. They're healthy guys. I know there's all this worry about here from, you know, uh, what Clay Travis likes to call the Corona bros as these guys, you know, some of the linemen are, you know, at risk and all that nonsense. These guys, a 330-pound lineman in the NFL – is in way better condition than the the couch slob who weighs 285, you know, laying on his lazy boy all afternoon watching football. Give me a break. Hey, man, I built a, a brand as the couch guy, couch right? Guy. Yeah. So what do we got? We got the couch guy and the Ottoman man. What is this show? <laughs> no, it's couch guy and Ottoman. No, it's couch guy and moon locks because our boy for Aaron's nickname. Moon locks. I love it. He's already had a couple of huge winners of the past couple, first couple of weeks of the show. So we're going to hopefully ride that hot streak. I gave out over the weekend, the Bucks minus six on the road in Denver. Yeah, that's I like one of my other plays. I, I, I took him at seven too against the, against the chargers. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tampa, Tom and uh, the boys start rolling. I think Bruce Arians yeah. has an offense ready to go, but let's transition. Cause not only Sunday was a terrible day for the Eagles, obviously in the city of Philadelphia was reeling off that, tie I mean, i'd call it a loss but it will yeah. it's good books as a tie but not only do they do that but jimmy butler and the miami heat <laughs> on the hardwood down in the orlando bubble yeah. take care of the boston celtics and yes not too long ago jimmy butler was a Celt, uh excuse me a sixer rather he was a philadelphia 76er when they made the trade for him early last year from minnesota and they let him walk out the door in favor of tobias harris and that didn't turn out too well here. It's just been unbelievable. We, I love that Heat team. I know we've discussed it in the past yeah. at length. They all play together. They play for each other. I think Spolster and Pat Riley have done a fantastic job assembling that roster. And they're just – they love that dog mentality. Kind of reminds me of that 17 Eagles team. You know, I mean, Lane Johnson, hungry dogs run faster. And I, those are a bunch of hungry dogs down there in Miami. Do no, they okay. have a shot to beat LeBron in the league? In the league? I think they do. I took them at plus 280 already on DraftKings. And, you know, you know, part of that might be my heart because I'm not really a LeBron guy or a Lakers guy. And I'd love to see Jimmy Butler uh, get a win. I mean, I, I, I've fallen in love with this team, too. I think Spolster's a really good coach. Bam Adebayo is an emerging superstar in this league. You know, Drogic doesn't get a whole lot of credit, but he is a really solid, sound player. And one of the guys that Pat Riley brought in there, you know, in the post-LeBron era to help lead the, you know, sort of the turnaround. And now it's coming to, you know, full force and full bloom with Jimmy Butler. You know, they got this Tyler Hero guy hitting some big shots. Duncan Robinson, you know, makes some big shots, uh, you know. If Jay Crowder can hit, you know, can hit better from beyond the arc, you know, and they, they play their typical good, uh, tough perimeter defense, I think they have a chance. It's at a bio, uh, you know, matchup against, you know, if he goes up against Davis, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to me. So I think uh, I, I like the coaching advantage to Miami. I think there's a toughness to this Miami team that I really like. They got a sort of a grit to them. Uh, you know, they don't have the superstar celebrity that the Lakers have, but uh, you know LeBron is going to bring it, man. He's, he's looking for number four here and some real validation. 
Uh, and he's, you know, he's got one of the best players in, in Davis next to him. So it's going to be a great series, but I took the heat at plus 280. And I also took Bam Adebayo at, as MVP at, uh, I think it was like 11 to 1. Yeah, I know. That was, that's certainly a bet I think a lot of people are sleeping on because for them to have a shot, he really has to play well. I know Aaron, he's going to hop in here real quick because he's Moonlocks, has got a couple of thoughts on that series. Obviously, he's been real hot in the NBA lately. We both like the Heat in the Celtics series. We took that winner. So yeah. I think he's going to roll in here with a couple of his picks as well. Yeah, so how you doing, Harry? It's, it's, it's Aaron here. Uh, Great, Aaron. Hey, so Moonlocks, I just want bro. Moonlocks, baby. Um, so I'm not a big prop better. I'm not a big uh, long, long bet. I like the short bet. And in game one, we're looking at a line that's Lakers minus four and a half. I think it opened at five. We're going to see a game that there's two teams that are going to test each other out a little bit, get a feel for each other. And I think that the lines are going to change as the series goes on, obviously. But for me, I see value just as we've been talking about the value in the heat. I see value in uh, game one plus four and a half. I think uh, we're going to see a lot of what Jimmy Butler brings to the team, that underdog mentality. And we're going to see a, a Lakers team that kind of got to the finals uh, pretty easy, yeah. I would say. And the Heat were challenged, but we thought that the Celtics were going to be a bigger challenge than they were. Uh, maybe the Heat are just better than we thought. And in game one, give them four and a half points. Uh, I want to lean the under 217 and a half because I think there'll be more defense played than offense. I think offense kind of breaks out as the series goes on. Um, so just to lock it up, I like the Miami Heat plus four and a half, and I like the under 217 and a half. Nice. I love that. Uh, you know, have the, the, the Lakers weren't very good in game ones in two of their series, too. Didn't they lose to the Rockets and the Trailblazers in game one? They lost in both of those series, yeah. um, game one. Yep. They, right. they, again, I think, beat I think the you're nuggets. right. They beat the but, Nuggets in game one, but yeah. Yeah, LeBron has a time feeling teams out. I think that he certainly takes his time. He's like, again, he likes – he's a, almost – I consider like a boxer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Round one, he doesn't go for the knockout punch. He wants to learn his opponent, know their weaknesses, know their he strengths. to figure out his role, like how he can best help his team beat the opponent. Yeah, I certainly yeah. agree with that as well. So that's where we're going to go. So Moonlock, so once again, give it out for everybody. You're going to go the – Pete getting four and a half and the under 217. That's our pick for game one of the NBA finals. And then we go now to the baseball diamond, the MLB playoffs taking shape now across cities, across America, but all of a sudden then they're going to transition to bubbles. I don't know. The whole scene thing seems fishy. I thought Rob uh, Manfred, he's done a pretty poor job as the league's commissioner over the past, I'd say four to five months, really. But yeah. this whole bubble scenario doesn't really make much sense because if they've gotten to this point and they're going to play the opening round of the playoffs, why they can't continue the playoffs like that doesn't make much sense. Regardless, that's what it is. San Diego and L.A. are now the AL and NL sites along with Arlington for the World Series. But 16 teams for the first time in Major League history in the playoffs this year. The Phillies obviously can't win a game down the stretch. They don't get in. But there are the powerhouse names, the Yankees, my Yankees, of course, uh, the Dodgers out West look good in the NL. So who do you like coming out of both the American League and National League? Well, I've actually watched a, a bunch of the games today, believe it or not, uh, dialed in on the playoffs. I did not watch one single Phillies game the entire season. 
okay? And I feel very good about that. Because yeah, well, all I did was see people bitch and moan on Twitter every night about this godforsaken bullpen and Matt Clentak. And I'm like, I'm not missing a goddamn thing. So I didn't watch any Phillies. I'm dialed in on the playoffs. I've been paying attention to the good teams, the teams that are worthy of, of our attention. And you got to love this Tampa Bay team in the American League. I mean, Snellbrah was at it again today as we speak. He, he, he had like a no-hitter through five, I think. And then uh, – gave up a rip to that short little like stocky fire plug guy for, uh, for uh, Kirk, for Toronto. Uh, he, he's Kirk, that's like five, six, 265 pounds. It's yeah, I, think, I think he got that brand for the, he's eating all the Kirkland uh, trail mix and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he does. He looks like a roast pig. I mean, I know Tampa Bay and the Dodgers is, would be chalk, but it's hard to go against them. I mean, Tampa Bay, 40 and 20 on the season. The Dodgers won 43 games. Both were 8 and 2 in their last 10 down the stretch. The run differential with the Dodgers is absolutely ridiculous. Off the charts at plus 136. Tampa Bay plus uh, 54. They won their last four games of the, of the season, so they're all very hot. And Tampa Bay is eight and two against your Yankees. I, I, you know, we talked about this when we were doing the show with Bruno. They own the Yankees, at least in the regular season. So I got to give them a, a little bit of a, a benefit there. But if I'm going to take a dark horse out of the American League, I'm going to go with the Ch Chicago White Sox, who I know went two and eight down the stretch. They kind of limped into the playoffs, fell down to, I think, the seventh seed. But they are a really good team. They got a great uh, outing out of Giolito today. He's fantastic. They got a great bullpen. They got some fire in that lineup. So if you're going to take a dark horse, I'll go Chicago White Sox and Dodgers. But other than that, I'll go chalk. We have Tampa Bay and the Dodgers. Well, obviously – I'm not rooting with that, and certainly not with Tampa Bay. I like my Yankees, but that's neither here nor there. They got to get it done. Obviously, they went through peaks and valleys throughout this season, but I do like the White Sox pick as well. I think Yon Moncada, Tim Anderson, and Jose Abreu in the middle of that lineup, very scary, very scary to see for the Oakland Athletics or whoever they play, really. Finally here, I know um, we've been covering really all the sports that you can get, obviously, on DraftKings. That was, that's what we use. I know what you guys over at Swing It and Ding It, the golf podcast that you guys do, that's your betting app of choice. So right now, we are how many days away from the best time of the year when the Masters is played? Well, the Masters uh, countdown clock is still in effect, and it's 43 days, 12 hours away uh, from tee off at 7.30 a.m on that uh, November the 12th. That's going to be huge. Obviously, with DeChambeau, just a few weeks off, a yeah. huge major win for him. Unreal. Uh, we've, we've joked about him being too big and, and wondering how he can sustain that kind of, you know I mean? Talk about Corona bros. He's just a bros bro. The guy yeah. eats protein shakes and whatever else for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, ate eggs, whatever else he has, turkey, bacon, all that stuff. But uh, he's now the favorite at plus, plus 800 on the board. Can't really fault the, fault the books makers for that one. That seems like a pretty good play. But I go down the board here. I see, you know, JT, Dustin Johnson, all within the top five. But then you sprinkle a little bit down. We, we talked about one of my guy, no more Akawa, no peace. Yeah. And he's at plus 2,200. Now, is he a guy that's worth a sprinkle? You know, does oh, he yeah. get a little money on him? I mean, he absolutely is. I mean, the guy just hits such great irons. Uh, you'd, you'd have to, you'd have to consider him. Plus he's got the chops now that he won the PGA. Um, he, he's definitely a guy that I would look at. Patrick Reed too, is a guy that 
He's already won the Masters once. He hits a, gr a beautiful draw, which sets up great for that golf course. His short game is magnificent. And uh, he comes in here with an edge because he kind of fell apart a little bit in the, uh, in the U.S. Open. He had control of that tournament heading into Saturday and just had a disastrous back round or back nine on the third round uh, and fell apart. So he's a guy that I would definitely look at. And you look at some of these 40 to one shots. Bubba Watson has two green jackets. Let's not forget about that. 40 to one with Bubba Watson, with the imagination and creativity that he has with, with working iron shots and even shots with his driver on that golf course. Um, you know, it's, it's always worth a look there. As far as some of the chalk guys, you know, maybe this is the time when Shawflay actually gets it done because he's so great in majors. He's 16 to, I think he's around 16 to one. I forget what the, the last look was, but he's a guy that I would definitely look at as well. Now you got to look at it. Obviously I liked, does Rory have a shot at winning a major? Cause he's again, yeah, he's the top. He does. I mean, he hasn't done it since what freaking 2014. Exactly. It's, it's been six years. And the it's other guy, unbelievable. It's, it's it really it's, is. I mean, you know, his putting has just got to get better and his wedge game is dialing in his wedges you know, at a place like Augusta on some of those, you know, uh, par fours and par fives, it's got to get better. But, you know, he and Bryson were, are basically going back and forth, of, you know, as, as far as the favorites. But can you imagine Bryson DeChambeau with no rough like we have at Augusta, hitting that driver 360, 370 yards, whatever it is, and hitting wedges into these greens and with the way he's putting, this could be uh, another Bryson DeChambeau show. Yeah, I, I definitely believe that he's going to go out there. I mean, with the swagger and the confidence of anybody, he's the best in the world right now in his mind, and he probably is, honestly, at anybody on tour. Is I got I to gotta ask this because I saw this. And I'm like, this is just not right. Tiger being at 20 to 1, that's, that's too low, right? He's, he's got to have – not as good at odds as that. He has not been playing great golf lately. No, he hasn't been playing all that much golf either. And, 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 yeah, and exactly. think about this. This is like uh, now it's mid-November. You're, you're edging towards mid-November in Georgia, northern Georgia. Um, I don't know about the weather with that back. The colder it gets, you know, the cooler it gets in the mornings. That's not a good thing for a guy with a bad back. That's why I kind of stay away from Jason Day, too, on a November Masters. So, uh I'm, I would fade Tiger Woods. Yeah, who's hurt more often, Jason Day or Jason Peters? That's, that's a toss-up. <laughs> well, Jason Peters has a Hall of Fame career already. Jason Day may, but, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a pretty good one, I'll, t I'll tell you, because Jason Day even gets, like, vertigo and stuff. Like, he gets some crazy injuries. Um, so we'll wrap it up here with that. Our master's pick, I'm going to go I'm going to go with my boy. I'm going to stick with him, Morikawa, 22 to 1. Uh, like you said, the way he hits irons, I think, keeps him in the hunt on Sunday. And, yeah, he is you – know, I mean, he's got the stones for it, too. You saw it pulling driver on 16, the PGA. Yep. Hitting shots like that, that's what wins you green jackets and wins you majors. So, I go with my boy, Colin Morikawa. He's at a – you see Berkeley, right? He's a cow bear? Yes, he's a cow bear. Absolutely. All right, so he's a cow bear. So, now, before we go, do you have any good fifth-year beer – type stories from your fraternity days that you can share on our, on the show, or we'll keep it to just the sports for this time. Yeah. No, none that I can share on the, in, the, in this venue. Um, but I, I have plenty offline that I could share with you. We'll have to do that again. We'll have to catch up. 
All right, Harry Mays, thanks so much for joining us on episode three of 50 Year Beers. Great catching up with you, man. I really, again, greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Colin and Aaron, man. Go, go, Moonlocks. <laughs> go, Moonlocks is right. Moonlocks, the sports better known across the greater Philadelphia area for right now, hopefully in the world soon. All right, man, I'll talk to you later on. Thanks so much. Thank you. back on 50 year beers episode three that was harry mays joining us great segment from him really happy he agreed to come on the show we ended that segment with a master's pick obviously i mentioned my boy no morikawa no peace colin morikawa as my pick at plus 2200 you can get him right now on DraftKings. but say hey not everybody's colin morikawa i'm not you're not of course not but golf's still a great game to go out and play with your buddies so here's our tip of the week all right we're rolling in October now. There's only a few more Saturdays and Sundays you can get out and hit the links. But don't be these guys. Moon, you know the guys I'm talking about, right? The guys that dress up in all their new Titleist gear, nice polo, salmon pants, white belt. Okay, we get it. You want to look the part. But don't eye up six-foot putts like your DeChambeau if you're Desham not. All right? If you're closer to the Sham Wow than DeChambeau, you shouldn't be eyeing up six-foot putts for 18 minutes and backing everybody up on the course. We all want to get out there. We all want to hit our crappy tee shots, look for our ball in the woods, and then not be able to find it and drop and say, what uh, Danny Noonan said to, I mean, Judge Schmales. What does it go? <clears throat> Why don't you improve your lie a little, sir? Yes, yes, winter rules. Right. Exactly right. Why don't you improve your lie? So hit your shots, hit your irons, but don't take time on the green. You know you're going to miss it anyway, dude. Come on. And Aaron, we've actually played this summer together at one of my favorite courses up there in Brick, New Jersey, Forge Pond, par 60. You know what I mean? I like the little guys. I like the little, the short courses. It makes the iron play much more important. But we ran into a couple dudes. I think we ran into them twice now. Yeah. Uh, These two, I think every hole in between, they, they smoked a cigarette, a Newport 100. So if you have 20 cigarettes in a pack, you got two left after the, after your round of golf. And if you miss a putt, you probably only got one left after because you're going to rip it on the green anyway. Oh, man, these guys were sweating Newport juices out of their foreheads, man. It was ridiculous. It looked like a Camel Cigarettes commercial, literally. Come on, man. Like, have some respect. I understand you're outside, whatever. And everybody's got their vices, believe me. That's not the point. But don't rip one every hole. No one wants to see that or smell that, rather. Dude, this week, you guys, if you're the cigarette golf course smoker, Take that shot. Dude, take the shot. Dude, take the shot and rip your tee shot into the fairway because nobody wants to see you ripping one behind a tree looking for your ball. All right, and that's going to wrap this week up. Episode 3 of Fifth Year Beers. Check us out. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, all that good stuff. Rate and subscribe on Apple. Give us a review, what you liked, what you didn't like. So much more. Episode 4 coming out next week. Maybe a couple more picks. NBA Finals tonight. Enjoy it all. All right, that's going to be us. We're out. Episode 3 of Fifth Year Beers.